When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into another edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. We know it's been a couple of days. It's been a crazy week in the NFL and across the football world. But Muhammad Ahmad here with you, joined with Mike Nislik and Andrew Gillis once again. And again, it's been a couple of days as really a lot of things have been put on hold and pause with the scary medical emergency and collapse of Buffalo Bill safety, DeMar Hamlin, which by now everyone is aware of Hamlin made a tackle on Bengals receiver T Higgins midway through the first quarter, first quarter of Monday's game. He was given IV. He was taken to UC medical center where he's currently at right now. Uh, the latest update from ESPN's Coley Harvey uh, on Wednesday morning was that there were promising readings on his condition, according to uh, Hamlin's marketing rep, Jordan Rooney, who got this information from Hamlin's family, who came from the Pittsburgh area to be with Hamlin in the hospital. But with that, and I think this is where I kind of want to get you guys in, and this is, I think, kind of the, the, the news that we got really from Burrow and Reader, among lots of news that's worth discussing, which is that you know there are mixed feelings uh, in the Bengals' locker room about whether or not they want to play against Baltimore on Sunday. You know, Joe Burrow was saying that, you know, there are some guys who aren't really feeling like they want to play on Sunday, whereas some players do. Burrow said himself, if it was up to him, he would personally want to play just because for him and the way he thinks, that's how he would cope with the situation and that's how he would process it. But he also said that, you know, if there were other players who said, hey, we don't want to do this, you know, Burrow being the unselfish, you know, leader that he's been all year and in his time in Cincinnati, he said, hey, if someone feels that way, um, I'm going to stand with them and say, hey, if that's how so-and-so feels and I'm, I'm going to be with them, that's kind of paraphrasing what he said. But Yeah, um, I mean, Sunday is, is going to be a struggle. Um, you know, I think it's it's unique because, you know, not only are you trying to deal with, you know, everything that happened and, and you're trying to kind of come to grips with, you know, what you saw. I, I mean, you know, if you if you talk to anybody in, in the medical field, um, you know, they'll tell you that, you know, the first time you see CPR done on on somebody, it's a pretty jarring thing. So, I mean, especially for those guys kind of knowing what they went through, that's obviously tough. Um, they don't know if really what the status of that Bills game is going to be. You've got that going on, kind of thinking, okay, are we going to have to play another game? Um, you know, because every team in the league has already played 16. So they're thinking, you know, we're going to have to cram another game in here before the playoffs. Um, the Ravens, it's a short week as it is. I, I mean, it's a really tough situation for these guys. And I mean, I don't envy them, um, certainly for, for kind of what they have to go through here. Um, you know, that, that did kind of take me by surprise that, you know, they, I, I figured that there would be some apprehension, but they were pretty open with it. And, you know, I'm glad they are because it is a tough situation. And I think you need to be open about it in a situation like this, but, you know, they were, they were pretty open. DJ said, you know, he wasn't, I, I believe the quote was like, he wasn't in the right space right now to say if he was ready to play. So, yeah, I, I mean, this is a really difficult situation and, you know, it, it's going to be really difficult for these guys to get to the level that they need to be at to play an NFL game. 
Yeah, I mean, all, all of what you said, I mean, I think it's going to be an individual thing. And I think Joe Burrow said, you know, they'd stick by anybody that, that didn't feel comfortable playing. Not that you think that there will be anybody like that because everybody was out at walkthrough. And Zach Taylor kind of said he anticipated everybody kind of going through the steps. Uh, uh, but I think everybody acknowledges that they're not ideal. Um, you know, I think where it would have started, you know, is if the league tried to, you know, reach out to the players or, you know, ask them what they felt or thought and they didn't kind of before this game. So it's on the schedule and they got to play it. Um, you know, it's this, the, uh, I think DJ Reader talked a lot about that in terms of, you know, there's no paid time off in this, uh, in the NFL. And that's sort of what they, you know, there's a lot of good things about being a player, but some of the bad things are is you kind of have to fight through. Um, some circumstances where in other jobs you might be able to take some time away. Um, you know, there's just no um, no option for them. So they move forward, and, and that's kind of what it is. You know, that's the thing. Like, Zach Taylor was so specific about that, and he reiterated that so many times that, you know, you can focus on coping with the situation because obviously this is not going to end anytime soon, especially, you know, if his condition – Hamlin's doesn't get better, but he said, you know, you got to focus on Baltimore. You got to focus on Sunday and still find a way to cope with just everything going on. Just, you know, all the trauma that came from, you know, what they saw on Monday. So do you guys foresee, and this is a genuine question. This might sound silly, but do you foresee a possibility where the game will still go on, which I think would be bonkers if it didn't, the game goes on, but maybe you have some players who just say, I'm not going to suit up and, I'm not going to play. Like, do you, do you think that might actually happen where some guys are like, just going to call it a day before Sunday? Not for the Bengals specifically. I don't think, I mean, maybe, you know, the Tyler board was kind of affected by what happened. Cause he's close to him. I think Zach spoke to this. A lot of the guys didn't know him, you know, knew of him. And so it's sort of different. You're, you're watching from afar and, and obviously you have empathy for the situation, but it's different if uh, you've different, you know, developed a relationship with somebody and, um, seeing them grow and develop. And, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, all players have to take sort of stock of this game and they make that decision every week of playing a game where that's, you know, there's inherent risk, physical risk. And there's probably more of a risk, uh, with other injuries than this one, to be honest, in terms of if it's, um, you know, the, the cardiac, uh, condition that they've talked about it possibly being, it's like one and, you know, have infinitesimal number. Um, oh, but so, you know, they're dealing with that sort of on a, on a weekly basis or a yearly basis that they suit, decide to suit up to play. Um, so I think they, they know the risks. Um, but I mean, could it cause people to have second thoughts at some point? I think so. I mean, you've seen it with head injuries, you know, seeing people retire at a young age, walk away earlier than you probably would have thought, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, just because they don't want that trauma to kind of add up on their bodies and want to be able to walk with their kids and grandkids and things. But um, in terms of this group and this team, um, you know, uh, to, to make a decision, you know, in one week, I think it'd be hard. This is a close-knit group. They'll probably lean on each other. Um, you know, obviously you've seen that already. And um, I'd be surprised if, if uh, you know, there was sort of like what it would be considered opt-outs. But I mean, that happened with COVID and you've, you saw it. So, I think they'll take it, you know, like Zach said, it would be a case-by-case case basis, and they'd support what decision anybody wanted to make because it's sort of an individual thing. Yeah, I mean, if if anything, if you've learned anything from this week, it, it's kind of that there's really nothing 
at this point that you can't expect. I mean, the word got thrown around, you know, a handful of times by Zach Taylor today, but you know, everything really kind of is unprecedented. Yep. Whenever you look at it, what you're going to do with standings wise, what you're going to do with the schedule, um, what happened on the field, um, you know, but, but kind of like Mike was saying, like DJ reader said today, like, you know, you, you can't play the game, anything other than full speed because that's how you get hurt. Um, so to me, I mean, it's, We'll see. We'll get a better sense tomorrow. Um, we record this, you know, Wednesday night at, you know, 9 p.m., but we'll, we'll get a better sense on Thursday of, you know, kind of where guys are feeling, where guys' heads are at. The locker room's going to open for the first time, so we'll, we'll be able to kind of get more of a wide-ranging, you know, kind of survey of the group today. We only talked to two guys, um, like you mentioned, Burrow and Reader. So, uh, you know, I think we're going to get a better idea tomorrow. And I mean, what I mean, truthfully, I, I think what would really go a long way is, um, you know, Demar Hamlin's health improving. I mean, obviously, everybody's rooting for that as it is. You know, no, that's that goes without saying. Um, but I do think there would be some kind of mental and emotional boost for the Bengals, but also for the Bills too. Specifically, you know, if you are preparing for a game and you know he's going to be okay or you know he is okay. So to me, I think that that's going to matter. And obviously, like I said, everybody's kind of rooting for that right now. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, nothing really is is off the table until it's not. You know, a lot of good stuff you guys said. I think especially, Mike, like, you know, you gave that kind of sage perspective on, you know, as young as most of these guys are, like, I mean, the only people who are above the age of 30 in that locker room are Kevin Huber and backup safety Mike Thomas. Like, everyone else is pretty much young. Some of them are younger than us three, or at least me and Andrew, because, you know, Andrew and I are in our mid-20s. Like, these are really young guys who are probably thinking about not just the here and now, but long-term of, like, you know, you're right. What happened to Hamlin, and I'm not speaking as a medical professional, but like it really seems like what happened was very, very rare uh, with his cardiac arrest that happened in that moment. Um, and again, I'm not going to speculate further on that, but it's just, yeah, no matter how rare it is, like a lot of these players are probably asking, you know, what if that was me? What if that was me? And that was exactly what Joe Burrow said. Like to kind of touch on what you said, Andrew, like, you know, I asked him, does this kind of shift your perspective? You know, because, you know, he's said before, this is a violent game. We know what we're signing up for. Other players said the same thing. And I'm just like, you know, you know it's a violent game, but when you see someone practically just almost drop dead like that, how do you shift your perspective? And he was, he said, you know, to kind of sum up what he said, it's a wake-up call. Um, it's a wake-up call for him. It's a wake-up call for a lot of people, uh, coaches, other players. I think even for, like, a lot of reporters like myself, it may, just makes you realize, like, you know, we know we could call it a gladiator sport or whatever kind of intense sport you want to call it, but, you know this is real. Like the, these people can lose their lives like that. And I mean, it's extremely rare to see that in any sport, let alone football. But the fact that it almost happened makes you wonder, like, you know, and I know maybe this is a whole nother conversation that, you know, I'm not qualified to speak on, but you know, how do you prevent this? How do you manage this to where it's not as severe? But like, that's the thing though, like DJ reader said, I mean, like you said, Andrew, like the game is just so fast. Like you can't slow down or ironically you do get hurt. And that's what happens is sometimes you do that. And, it actually makes things worse, and that's where you just kind of have these kind of self-conflicting, you know, challenges of, like, how slow or how fast do you go, and uh, maybe that's where the anxiety might kick in for some people when you talk about, like, trauma and mental health. Like, there's an element of 
anxiety that comes with that of like, you know, not just what if it's me, but if it is me, how is it going to play out? How is it going to look? You know, we see torn ACLs, you know, Ryan Shazier on that same field, you know, almost basically became paralyzed when, you know, he got laid out in that Monday night football game in Cincinnati over five years ago, which, you know, I was there. I saw that, like, from the fan perspective, I, I could feel the agony that was close to what people felt on Monday. Like, you know, whether it's almost being paralyzed, tearing a ligament, and this is not to, you know, compare injuries to one another, but, like, we, we've almost kind of accepted it. I think people have accepted, yeah, people tear their ACLs. People might even lose some mobility. Like, people break their arms, break their ribs. But this is something that we can't really accept, or people can't internally accept because it's like, this is life. You know, you can repair an ACL, you can repair an arm, but you can't bring a life back. And so I think that's where, you know, the whole world, even non-football fans are so attached to this. And you really kind of get down to the humanity of it, just knowing that someone could have lost their life. And that's why, you know, like his GoFundMe has almost $6 million. Last I checked, probably at $6 million and a half. And I don't think this number, number is going to, you know, it's, it's going to keep getting higher. It's not going to stop anytime soon, but... You know, I guess for you guys, I kind of want to get your perspective from like, you know, Monday night, since we're kind of talking about this, like, you know, I know we kind of looked at each other and we kind of talked about just how crazy it was, but like, what was going through your all's minds when, you know, you saw him fall and you saw the ambulance? Like, what did you guys kind of make of that situation? Um, I mean, first for me, like I, um, well, I didn't think it was anything kind of, see, I think if you talk to fans, if you talk to players, you know, I think it, it was kind of a quick progression from, okay, there's an injury, you know, and I, re- I remember thinking like, oh, look, another DB is down because the Bills had already had a defensive back. Like that was my first thought. And then you see the stabilizing board in the cart and you think, okay, it's pretty serious. And then you see the ambulance and you think, okay, it's really serious. Um, you know, I saw IV go out, you know, I saw the chest compressions going on. It, it was pretty crazy. And, and I think that that was kind of a shared experience. Um, by a lot of people, whether you're, you know, a trainer for the Bengals or you're a Bills fan at the game or, or kind of anyone in between that was watching. So, um, yeah, I mean, you just it, it, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, Zach Taylor said today, like, you know, it's unprecedented and, and there's no real protocol for this. Like there there is deep, deep deep in the, in the, in the rule books and stuff like that for, for kind of what you do and things like that. But I mean, obviously you, you rarely, if ever have to use them. So um, yeah, I, I mean, it was just, I think everybody will kind of tell you that same thing. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll get a lot of stories like that tomorrow from the locker room guys where, you know, they kind of say at first they didn't think it was that bad. And then, you know, pretty quickly things escalated. Yeah. I think you saw just how quickly, you know, like they talked about how the, uh, emergency team basically saved his life in the sense that they acted so quickly. Uh, so it all just unfolded very fast. I think you got a sense that it wasn't just sort of um, even just a serious neck or head injury, just the way, um, you know, everybody acted and so professionally um, and, you know, so, so quickly to, to save this person's life. I mean, you just, you saw the motions. I think the thing that struck me is even though that we were there and kind of saw it unfold and I went back and looked at, um, there's you know, a lot of talented photographers on this beat. Um, Sam Green from Cincinnati Inquirer is one of them. Um, the AP had multiple people there. Just the um, uh, shots that they captured, because you know you don't see it up close when you're in the press box, and the emotion on uh, the player's face. I mean, it was just you know it was haunting, and so that's sort of what we'll, 
uh, stick with me in terms of um, you know how everything that went down. Just to seeing that, um, they really captured, I think, um, you know, what it felt like on that field, just from from my perspective. You know, you mentioned photographers, Aaron Duster, who's one of the AP photographers who does a great job. I I talked to him a lot today, and I'm glad I did. You know, he definitely provided a lot of perspective that I don't think we would have gotten otherwise from the press box. But, you know, what's so crazy is for me, I was thinking this is going to be like a Tua situation. You know, when Tua Tagovailoa was playing for the Dolphins in that that whiteout game on Thursday night, like that was my first game that I was covering on the beat. So obviously that sticks out to me, but... You know, I remember I was thinking, thinking, oh, man, this is going to be like another Tua situation where he got the stretcher out and, you know, Tua wasn't moving, Hamlin wasn't moving. But, you know, obviously Tua was still at least, you know, he was responsive. He went to the hospital, the same hospital that Hamlin's in right now, UC Medical Center. And, you know, Tua flew back with the team and, you know, he ended up playing from there. So he was ultimately fine, which was great. But I was just thinking not to downplay, but I was like, oh, this is just going to be Tua. He's banged up. They're going to take him to the hospital. And. You know, he's going to be okay, but, you know, when I had the broadcast in my ear and you hear Joe Buck say the word CPR, I think that's when it flipped for me was when I heard the word CPR because I was like life or death at that point because that's what CPR is. is you're saving someone's life. And and so, yeah, we, we talked about everything that happened in that moment, like you guys described, like I described, but to spin off of that in the here and now, you know, it's a suspended game. It was seven to three uh, at the time. Um, so, you know, that's really going to be one of two things. Either it's a no contest or they're going to try to resume like from that point, you know, midway in the first quarter where they were at at the time, they're going to try to pick up on that whenever that might be. Obviously that's a whole nother, you know, situation, but where do you guys see this heading? Do you think it's just going to be a no contest and they sort of just have to roll with it from there? Or do you think they continue with week 18, uh, the Ravens game Sunday, and maybe somehow, some way, you try to resume this game either next week or somewhere in that range after this week to kind of, you know, resume that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of talked with other media people and said, you know, my, my inclination would be um, that you ask Buffalo what they want to do. And if they want to play the makeup game, uh, you play the makeup game somehow, some way. Um, and that maybe doesn't take into account all the business considerations and um, some of the other dominoes that need to fall. But to me, that's sort of like um, everything, right? Like if they don't want to play it, then you don't play it. If they want to play it, you make a way to do it, um, and you make all the pieces fit, even though I think it would be obviously very challenging, um, you know, because there's serious, obviously, competitive issues um, to playing it, to not playing it. I mean, it's all just a mess. Um, but it starts with those guys in Buffalo's locker room, um, and you know, the Bengals, I asked Joe Burrow that today, you know, like we, you know, you see all this stuff about, um, you know, this, the players need to have a voice and then, you know, it comes down to it. It's like, well, has the league approached you guys about what you guys want to do? And they're like, well, they didn't talk to us, you know, since Monday and, you know, there's been no communication there in the dark. Um, and you know, that's unfortunate and I don't know that they'll, you know, there's obviously union reps and the union's working on the player's behalf, um, to sort of navigate that stuff. But, um, you know, I would hope um, that whatever whatever road they go down to, it starts with that. Um, I'm fearful that it won't and that they'll just make a decision based on what, you know, they think is best. I, I, I still think it's weird that a decision wouldn't be announced before the games. I guess, that, you know, some people think that, well, if, there's, if things fall a certain way, that they just won't play it because it'll be close to 
fair or whatever, but it's like, I mean, you're still, I, there's no way it won't impact the seating if they don't play. You know, it's like, it's going to have a competitive impact. Um, but regardless of that, Buffalo didn't want to play it. There's really even no need to have a discussion. If they do, that, that's kind of my thoughts on it. And it's, it's more straightforward and does ignore, you know, I know that there's a big, you know, what do you, how do you make, what does that look like? And I mean, there's no easy answer there either. Um, but it starts with what uh, Buffalo wants to do because what they're going through, I mean, you know, I know everybody in the league's affected by it. Everybody feels it. Everybody's, uh, you know, uh, DJ Reader talks about the brotherhood being hurt. Um, but those guys in that locker room, um, I think get the say so in terms of if they should be able to finish that game. Yeah, um, you've got, including this upcoming weekend, the 7th and 8th, uh, you've got six weekends until the Super Bowl happens on February 12th in Arizona. Uh, that is not moving. The Super Bowl is not going to move because, you know, Jay Morrison of The Athletic pointed this out on Twitter today. I thought it was a really smart point. The Super Bowl is not a game. It is a week-long event where, you know, you've got the Pro Bowl kind of leading up to that and it kind of kicks off Super Bowl week where you've got that's going to be in Vegas this year. Then you've got an entire week of events and awards and parties and media show. And, like, all of this stuff is just – it's just not movable. You've got venues booked. You've got hotels booked. You've got all this stuff booked. So that's not moving. So you've got to fit into that time period. You've got to fit week 18, uh, wild card round, divisional round, conference championship weekend. So you got four weekends to get through five before uh, you got five weekends open before the Super Bowl. So you really don't have much time here. I've seen a couple interesting theories uh, on Twitter. Um, you know, I, I think it was Warren Sharp. Um, you know, he said something like, you know, maybe you put Bengals bills on wild card weekend and then the AFC gets a buy. And then the following week, the NFC playoffs get a buy. Like there's a lot of different things going on where, you know, some people have suggested that if the bills or Bengals play in the postseason, then maybe you play that game like in Detroit or you play that game somewhere else you know, as, as kind of a, as a neutral site thing, because, you know, the winner of that game was going to be the higher seed you would presume in, in the postseason. Um, you know, the bills definitely, the Bengals would have had to win again, but there, there's a lot I of think it's the easy. I mean, the easiest way to do it. I mean, I mean, you go back to nine 11 when they had to move the game, you know, they have that buffer and I know it's right. not necessarily for emergency purposes only, but it's there for an emergency in, in terms of a, you know, there's very few situations where you'd have to take advantage of this. And this is much, you know, I think fits the category. And I know some people are like, well, what if you give the teams two week buys? I mean, at least the game gets played and the seating is what the correct, you know, based on what happened on the field. So I don't know. I think you take advantage of that. I mean, you know, then the pro bowl gets screwed up and whatever. Then you just eat that. I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, but I think that would be the easiest way. You just sort of, you have the emergency week and you use it and, you know, going forward, you know, there's some, you say there's no contest, but I mean, there, there is, I mean, they could in theory declare it a forfeit, even though that would be, I think very unfair, but I mean, I, I don't could. think you can do it. I don't but, know that they would do that. Yeah, but, I, don't I mean, know. that's an option. And I, but my, my, my point is in saying that is that baseball has all these things spelled out in terms of like, if a game has to have X number of uh, innings played for it to count, like, I think that it's sort of surprising that 
in this age, after the pandemic and things, there's not a uh, rule book uh, in terms of like spelled out rules. Like, you know, if the game doesn't reach a certain time or, you know, in the game, then it's considered a no contest and you don't make it up. Um, you know, if there's obviously less games than baseball, but, um, you know, to avoid this situation, and I think sort of, you know, the, waiting till Monday, you know, kicking the can down the road doesn't serve anybody, I don't think. Um, you know, I, I, they can be having, you know, Buffalo is obviously facing some uncertainty, but um, I think you need to sort of have those conversations and waiting till after. It just seems weird to me that, um, you know, so then we go into, I guess, we don't know until 4.30 Sunday if that game's going to be made up basically right now. That's kind of where we're, the way we're trending. Um, yeah. So that's kind of strange. I, I don't know about waiting um, if they're going to do that, if they're going to wait till after this week is over. Um, personally, I lean what I think they're going to do and what I think they kind of should do is you just make it a you make it a no contest. And I know that that sucks. And I know that that's not fair to you know, the Bills who had a chance to win the AFC and get the buy and do all those things. But, you know, think of it like this. If if you move everything back, you know, if you kind of do that, like you, you might be talking about a situation where, you know, what if what if you move the playoffs back a week and you say Bengals Bills is going to happen, you know, the week after Ravens uh, Ravens Bengals. And that's the only game, you know, you're just going to play that game as a standalone well, then you're talking about a situation where, like, what if the Eagles win the NFC and they're going to have game, bye week, bye week, game? So you got, you know, exactly. two weeks off. So at that, and I understand that this is like, this is such a unique situation. But then at that point, you're kind of talking about impacting more than just the Bengals and the Bills. You're talking about, okay, like now the 49ers are impacted by this or now the Eagles or, you know, now the Chiefs are impacted by this. Like there, there are things that can kind of like be, it, it's just one of those things where it's probably going to be, it's actually definitely going to be a competitive disadvantage for, you know, at least two teams right now. But I think if you, if you kind of have to rework. But I guess my point would be like, why, why make the teams that went through it take the biggest hit? I, Why make yeah. the Bills take the biggest hit? Like everybody shares you. in the everybody shares in the sacrifice if you just push everything back, and it's not ideal for anybody. And the Bills have to go, and Bengals have to play the game. Um, and no, nobody's going to be. Um, there's no great outcome because you know the outcome that would be that this kid, you know this 24 year old kid never had this this happen. You know, it's, so it's like at, at that point, I, I just think you kind of. I don't know. Everybody has, you know, the, I, I don't think there's a way to appease everybody. Um, right. But I, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want Buffalo it. to be the, I wouldn't want Buffalo to be the team. You know, if they could get the number one seed, if they play that game, they should be able to play the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they're the only team that gets hurt in it because they can't get the number one seed. Right. Cause they can't well, get right, it if but, they but forfeit. The other, the other issue with that though, too, is that, that you're kind of, I mentioned the time you've only got five weekends to kind of make this up. Like, you know, the bills would have to play more football in a condensed period of time than everybody else. Like what, like what if the bills play that game? Um, these, I, I but if they got the, well, not necessarily because if they won the game and got the number one seed, they'd get a buy. Well, it, well, what, it, no, what I'm saying, what if you lose the game? Like, what if you say, 
okay, we're going to make next week. But you've made, but I'm saying like if in this, in the this, in this case, I'm saying for me, they say they want to play. So they would take the, they would know the risks of playing or not playing. So they would say like, right. we know that there's a downside to if we lose that, you know what I'm saying? Like they get right. the choice. Right. And so like, they could be, you know, in for some um, uncomfortable weeks having to play straight, but they also would have the choice. I mean, because I think to me, because if you don't play right, they can't get the number one seed. If the Chiefs win, that's right, right? Yeah. If the Chiefs so win, it's, it's off win, the table. The, Chiefs, the Bills have to win and the and the Chiefs have to lose for the Bills to get the number one seed, um, which, like, I mean, like you said, like, it is tough for them. They beat the Chiefs, uh, you know, in in October. Like they have the head to head tiebreaker over them, and and they were the you know going into this weekend just because they played later, they were the number one seed in the conference. So that that's the thing about it is like whether you you play the game later or you declare no contest. It, it just in general, and this is what's unfortunate about it. It's just an unfair situation, which is not anyone's fault. We're, you know, no one imagined we'd be here, but. Look, like you said, I think just kind of if I'm thinking about this right, if like say the Chiefs beat Las Vegas on Saturday and the Bengals play the Ravens and the Bengals win and then the Bills win, like, okay, the Bengals can win the AFC North because, okay, they beat Baltimore and then like Vegas didn't beat the Chiefs. So at that point, it's like, or say Buffalo loses even and the Bengals win and the Chiefs win. Well, guess what? The Chiefs won. So there's really not much you, that's going to change from there. So again, it's really going to have to come down to, I think the best way is it's a combination of what do they want to do? Like, you know, the Bengals are going to follow as the bills say the bills will feel some type of way. And obviously the center of attention is on them with what they're going through. The league will have some input. I, I just think no matter what happens, whether it's you play it later or it's a no contest, there's always going to be a con. There's going to be a disadvantage. The challenging part is just weighing which disadvantages, which cons are heavier and why. And that's the it's, – it's a very, very difficult <coughs> situation. I think in professional sports, I don't know if we've ever had something like this up until maybe COVID, which I think the NFL handled, handled fairly well when it came to, like, moving and postponing games. I think they handled that fine because games were played – at some point, even if it was like the Ravens and uh, who did the Ravens play on Wednesday in December? I think it was. It was the Steelers. They, Steelers, yeah, yeah. The um, they had that was I was still on the beat then. They they had a COVID outbreak. Um, then they moved the Steelers game, which was originally scheduled for Thanksgiving. They moved it to Wednesday. Uh, they played, I believe, the Cowboys the week after on a Tuesday. Um, but the only thing was that was in more towards the middle of the season. Like, it's a heck of a lot harder to make this up because you are at the end of the line right now. Yeah, and that's – look, if this was midway in the season, first few weeks of the season – whole different scenario. It's just you don't have a lot of time and it's tough. But, you know, like Zach Taylor said, he's going to let the league handle that. I mean, I think there's really no reason to speculate beyond what we we said. You know, I think we outlined all the scenarios, but speculating won't do anything because it's going to fall in the league's hand at that point. But, you know, we, we really kind of touched on everything comprehensive from, you know, the moment, you know, Hamlin fell to, you know, where we are now. I guess for you guys to kind of wrap up and put a bow on this entering tomorrow is, you know, 
aside from just kind of seeing how the players handle this and feel about it and, you know, what happens with Sunday's game and the, you know, you know, Bill's Bengals games, like what are you guys kind of looking at and just taking away from what we've seen in the last 48, 60 hours? Yeah, uh, just the uncertainty. I, I mean, I, I think the players are a tough spot. I thought it was uh, uh, interesting when, you know, said so they're they're in the dark like we are. Um, you know, maybe they don't reveal everything, but um, uh, just, you know, what happens next? Uh, I hope it works out in the best interest of everybody. And, you know, I wish for the best for DeMar Hamlin and his family. Um, just, you know, I think we're all on kind of pins and needles here and just making hoping that he uh, makes it through it and then, you know, hope everything – uh, works out for these players because I, I think um, you know it's going to be hard to play on Sunday and whatever comes next. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it's, um, it's I, I think there's challenges ahead um, trying to get you know back towards uh, focusing on the game of football. Yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued and, and interested to talk to to some of the guys tomorrow um, in the locker room. I think that that's going to be kind of really revealing. You know, we're, we're going to hear a lot about what guys saw. I mean, I mean, some guys might just say, I'm not talking about this. And, and I mean, obviously, you know, I totally respect that. And I'm sure everybody else will, too. Um, you know, you but but I'm curious, the guys who do talk, you know, what what their kind of perspectives on everything that happened, that is happening, that could happen. I mean, there's so much here to talk about. And then, it, you know, it, it, it is crazy that it feels kind of secondary. Um but, you know, there it's it's Thursday, like you're almost at the end of the week. And, you know, like if you do an interview with a player, you're going to ask him about all the stuff that's been going on and everything, like I just said. And then you somehow kind of have to say, you know, how do you get yourself ready for football? And I think we have to be kind of ready for, for answers that are anywhere from, you know, it's the league, it's the game, this is what you have to do, to I have no idea how I'm going to get ready to play. Um, so I, I'm really curious to see what, what guys say, because I mean, obviously like Joe said today that, you know, there's a, there's a really, really wide ranging of emotions in that room. You know, for me, um, there's two things I kind of take away from this. The first is kind of in the here and now it's what you said about, you know, Andrew, what you said about, um, you know, how do you strike that balance? Like Zach Taylor said of coping with the situation and focusing on, you know, week 18 and then ultimately the playoffs or whatever happens with the Bills-Bengals games if they resume it, you know, because, I mean, that's the big thing is like, yeah, it's going to be revealing, you know, the emotions, the planning, you know, the com- the compartmentalizing that DJ Reader talked about, you know, that's the here and now, kind of what I'm sort of focused on taking away from, you know, this week. And then long term, and I think this is something we might not even really talk about until the off season, but, you know, like Joe Burrow said, you know, he thinks there are going to be changes as far as protocol goes and how these situations are handled, either to minimize or prevent, you know, things like what happened to, you know, DeMar Hamlin, which is, you know, obviously unfortunate and rare with that. And so, you know, it's just something I'll definitely keep in the back of my mind, you know, just for the next couple of weeks, you know, a couple of months, seeing if anything plays out, why or why not, if that's the case. But, you know, there's so much to unpack. It's It's obviously been a very rare and historic weekend so you know we'll definitely keep up with all of that but we appreciate you all for tuning in if you want to read more on everything from takeaways to what's ahead for the Bengals, go to cleveland.com slash bangles mike andrew and myself have everything and anything you need to know we'll have more coming up from the locker room uh tomorrow and the rest of the week and likely on sunday of course with our post-game podcast when they play the Ravens. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gilson, Mike Nizek, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. 
Have a great night, and we'll see you tomorrow.